Hello, and welcome to Tell It By Tuesday by Yes Girl Career Coaching. Thank you all for joining. This is Coach Shauna, and I'm excited to start with this very relevant topic in career news today, and that is talking about our hair. One thing I love about our Yes Girl icon is that the image is of a woman with very full hair, and hair is such a big part of culture, and we look forward to talking about it. Give us your thoughts at the end of the podcast and tell us your stories with how your hair impacts your experience in the workplace, especially in corporate culture. Kelly, you want to tell us anything about your experiences with your hair and your career? With my hair, the fact is that I love my hair. I am Black and I'm proud. I never felt self-conscious about wearing my hair in braids, wearing it in a twist out or wearing a blowout or any of that. I like the versatility of my hair. The one thing I will say that is annoying to me is when I do change my hair, it's like this whole conversation. I saw on Netflix, You People, which uh-huh. was funny to me. And they had an instance with talking about hair. And it was so rude and offensive the way that the woman was talking to them about their hair. And I resonated with that because it's just, why are you so intrigued by my hair? Yeah. Just saying, you look good. You're, you look beautiful. Okay, thank you. How hard is that? I'm a very analytical thinker. And I'm like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that it's genuine curiosity, right? Thinking about how very different and the variety of hair textures that women have. There are many women in my life who I know prefer to straighten their hair, even if it's curly. And so even when I was very young, because we grew up around lots of different cultures, and so on the one hand, I think it's genuine curiosity, right? But then I also think if we think about it, like historically and some of the subconscious beliefs, it also makes me wonder if there's some just general ignorance around the just the fact that hair is texturally different, the end, right? And to your point, just say you like it if you like it, right? But don't you don't need to try to figure out how, because the truth is, it's different. Different is good. And move on, right? But I can't say I feared how my hair would impact my career opportunities. My hair was relaxed when I worked in retail banking. And before I got my corporate position, my hair natural. I am caramel colored. And my hair right now is in sister locks. But when I started in corporate culture, I had a curly fade. But I was scared to death that I would not be considered for the corporate job because of the color of my hair. This is a funny story, Kelly. When I went to the interview for my first corporate position, I did not know I was pregnant. And I had dyed my hair the night before to make it an acceptable color. It was like fall. Well, let me just do a dark auburn. Well, because of my hormones, my hair came out a very bright. It was like a a deep red. (laughs) And I was like, well, I can't do anything about it now. I'm just going to do everything I can for these people to know that I'm competent and hopefully look past my hair color. And I was very surprised. Like, I know I'm capable, et cetera. I went through multiple rounds of interviews. And I was shocked when they hired me because my biggest fear was they would judge me on my hair color and my hairstyle. Recently, just in the past 12 months, I was at an event and there was a colleague of mine. 
And her hair was natural, like Lauren Hill, but it was a small fro. And I had complimented how much I loved her hair. And this lady said, oh, yeah, it's so pretty. And she reached her hand out and touched your girl's fro. Oh, 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 my God. Just like, no, no permission. I am not a pet. Do not touch my hair. She was like, how do you, how do you do? And she would just, just naturally reach over and touch your girl's hair. And the colleague was mature about it. We sat there with the lady. Me and her didn't have a conversation on the side about it, but we know that's against code, right? Like, don't do that. Don't touch my person at all. But she did that to me. And I said, my hair texture is different. And I was talking about my journey with sister locks and the lady touched my hair and didn't ask me. Oh, but she, she, she I mean, she, because, and like, and I don't have deep relationship with her, but what I think is interesting is I could see that it was, it was genuine curiosity. Right. So, so I mean, is it okay for her to touch your butt to, cause she thinks you got a tail? That is no, that would not be acceptable. Why does she need to cure her curiosity by touching your person? <clears throat> That is one thing that if someone tried to touch my hair, I'm like, don't touch my hair. I don't want to touch your hair. I'm not trying to touch you. This is a corporate environment. That's not, you and he supposed that's to touch each other. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's HR, right? Like that's unwanted. You're not. Yeah, you're not. You can't, you're not even supposed to hug somebody at work. Like that mm-hmm. is, that can be seen as unwanted interaction. Yeah. That's not right. So it's, it's, and I think it starts early, right? I was looking yeah. at Crowd Act, and, and they were talking about 100% of kids, of Black girls, have experienced some type of discrimination by the age on their hair by the age of 10. I believe it. Now, I grew up in a predominantly Black area. Well, I would say predominantly minority. <laughs> so there, we all had the same shared experience. My parents instilled in me very early. You are Black. You are a Black woman. You are independent. And you are proud of that. <laughs> Rather, I wanted to believe it or not. It was on everything, every picture, everything that we did was that sort of branding behind it. So I did not have this feeling of that I was lesser than or somehow my differences made me lesser than either but i will say that my daughter is not having that same environment where she's more in a mixed culture where she's with all different races she did feel that way very early that there was more attention to her because of her hair people would touch her hair people would start braiding her hair and just doing doing things in her hair (laughs) so i can't say that it made her feel like her hair was bad Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think she liked the attention that her hair gave her. Yeah. Because I it think seemed distracting. This was normal for her to have different styles. My daughter, right. every season we do something different. <laughs> right. She might have braids and she might have puff balls and she might have two corn rolls down her back. Like we do, we change it up or she might have blowout. <clears throat> it really changes by the season. And I've done that with her and started at a very early age so that she appreciates the versatility in her hair. Mm-hmm. She's grown to appreciate that now, but early on, I would say around that eight, nine age timing, she did see a lot of that. But I think what happened was more hair envy. My little one is nine. She hasn't come and told me about a conversation 
or her feeling, you know, violated. But I've also seen kids of, of all cultures play with each other's hair when they're very young. And I think that is a large part of how a child evolves, the family cultures that people are coming from too, mm-hmm. right? If, they, if they're they always touching each other, they won't think twice about it to touch somebody else. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful not to always get offended by it. Now, as adults, if, if it crosses a boundary, tell people, no, I don't expect nobody to be touching my hair. Well, I, I think that that's people. the challenge, right? Because if we don't yeah. nip it in the bud, then these kids become adults and the adults could think that it's okay. That's because true. no one has said to them, no, this is not okay. It is not okay for you to be touching my hair. Right. I think that the key, what you called out about the Crown Act, is taking away someone's access to an opportunity because their hair doesn't reflect what you're comfortable with. They did a survey, and, and the numbers are just staggering to me to just think about how long I've been in corporate America and these same sentiments and experiences are happening. Black women are 1.5 times more likely to be sent home from their workplace because of their hair. Schools too. And it's like, yo, where, where, what, how, like how? <laughs> because it, that to me is just very culturally insensitive, not respectful at all. And it leads to this whole feeling of the standard of beauty is straight hair. Mm-hmm. And the normal population that has straight hair naturally isn't a minority. Mm-hmm. That's not the standard. <laughs> when you think about the world, there are so many women that have curly hair, wavy hair, like all different textures. Straight hair is not the majority. Most women are straightening their hair. <laughs> It's frowned upon in non-Black cultures to have curly hair. Two-thirds of Black women change their hair for a job interview. Now, I've done, I, it. I've done it. I Yeah, I will say that I have been more polished for a job interview. I'll put a little bit more gel on my edges. <laughs> I mm-hmm. will try to look more polished. But that's, I make that look based on how I feel in terms of being competent. I don't think that I'm doing that, you know, or maybe subconsciously I am, but I don't think that I'm doing that because I think that they're going to judge me if my edges are not laid. Right. But I will judge me. <laughs> and then that means that now my confidence is off because if I don't feel good, if I feel like I don't look good, I'm not going to do well. But I do think the standard of beauty in corporate America is straight hair, period, across the board. The decision makers typically are. I mean, when you look at any anyone that is on a board or a CEO, most of those women have straight hair. Mm-hmm. There is peer pressure, even at the corporate level, in terms of what we should look like. And the reason is, is that we're going to emulate what what we see above us. Correct. So if the leaders have straight hair, then that's the image of what a leader looks like. For the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the challenge I have struggled with throughout my career is leaders looking to mold you into a version of themselves. Yep. Versus looking to coach you into the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And embrace the diversity and embrace the fact of the difference in opinion, the difference of embracing it. So it's almost like, here's the model. <laughs> and now everybody now has to go through this 
incubation to come out looking like this model. The fact that the pressure to change your hair is still very relevant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those microaggressions cut. It's like death by a thousand cuts with those microaggressions. Especially well, do you think, I was I was gonna ask. I was like, I wonder if you and if our listeners would vote is touching a woman's hair without invitation a microaggression? Absolutely. You don't think so? I think it depends I think it depends on the individual. I no, didn't feel like I, I was being pet. But if she was to do that to me though, right? Because you said it was like if I'm standing by you, I don't know this woman, right? I'm standing by you. She didn't touch this other girl hair. She touched your hair. And if I'm standing by you and she touched my hair, that's a microaggression against me. Right. So that's not right in any scenario then. We have a code, again, people, we have codes of conduct. Mm -hmm. Let's follow these policies because they're Mm -hmm. there to help from these things happen. So tell me this. What do you think about when a Black person touches another Black person's hair uninvited? That's still a microaggression? I haven't had a Black woman touch me without me nodding or smiling <laughs> inviting you and kids do it well kids i understand because kids is just out they looking to explore i think it's a violation of personal space okay but you know what maybe it's just kelly right because in france they kiss each other like somebody lean in and kiss me i'm like yeah that's my personal space don't do that but that's what right. the culture it is <laughs> no i think most people would agree with you that they don't want people touching their hair if we're having a conversation about my hair and the person appears to be curious and y'all can y'all can tell me if I'm being naive, like I won't be offended if they touch my hair. But I've also grown up around people of multiple different cultures. So I quickly adapt to what they consider to be normal in the moment. If everyone keeps, oh, I don't find it offensive. Then you go meet Kelly. And I'm like, and I'm, you know, and maybe the worst version of Kelly smacking your hand. Don't touch me. But that goes down to like that whole don't assume one black person represents all black people, right? Then we are all unique. Right, absolutely. What if if you don't mind personal space and somebody being all up in your face, that's you. But don't think that what's good for you is good for me. Correct. We didn't grow up in the same environment. Like that's growing up when somebody yeah. in your face uh, and they're battling that personal space. That is like an invitation to fight, you know, like mm-hmm. we're about to start here going into, you know, how they say it on Mortal Kombat, fight. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's an indication. <laughs> okay. We are not liking each other right now. What I think the right thing to do, and I think it's an end scenario, is to ask. Yes. It's like with the Me Too, right? As don't assume that the woman wants to do this. Don't assume I want you touching me. Get consent. I'm with you on that. I need to give you consent. Mm-hmm. And I know we veered away from the crowd. Act. So if you have something nice to say, say it. If you don't have nice things to say, keep that to yourself. I don't yep. need to hear that. That's what I was taught. I'm going to trust and assume positive consent that they know not what they do. But come on. These things hurt. Words hurt. Whoever said, what was it? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words words would never hurt me. It's not true. It is not true, people. Like, look at these numbers. Just go to the Crown Act and look at these numbers. This is not good. I find Blackness to be beautiful, but, you know, obviously, I am a Black woman, so I do have a bias there, but 
I find women who, who take care of themselves to be beautiful, no matter what race, size, shape they are, right? Like, you look good, you look good. And that's right. it. So it's, these things are starting at, at a young age, which I think is manifesting into how we're making decisions on our hair as we get older, right? It's a challenge. Right. And it's, it, it definitely affects our feelings of inclusion, like we belong. What's wrong with me? Why does she have to petting me? She's messing with my hair. Why is that? Right. And I, and I can tell you, my daughter is one of those statistics because she has said that to me. Like, why are you so fascinated with my, with my hair, mommy? And I'm like, because you look good, girl. And that's what mm-hmm. I say. Because <laughs> that's what my mother said to me. You look good. So that's what it is. You look good. We have versatility in our hair because we love doing some new stuff, right? That's our thing. I love that. I, I would love, be frustrated if I couldn't do something different. With my I hair. love like, it. It is like my source of power. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I can go get my hair done or I do my own hair and I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. I can say like there's this whole sister logs minute. I didn't really think a lot about it, but I can say that I feel like I am more my authentic self and I feel more connected to the black community after getting sister locks. I feel more empowered for my culture by having the sister locks and and proud of wearing them in a corporate environment in ways that I didn't anticipate when I got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your crown. Wow. Well, these numbers are definitely an eye opener. We have to start accepting the whole person as the person and stop wanting to create molds. Like we're jello modes. Mm-hmm. The diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts are all about bringing your authentic self to work. Different perspectives are what makes companies successful. Mm-hmm. So sign a petition. They also have on the Crown Act, if you go out to the website, where you can petition to your local representative to sign the Crown Act, which is going to be a, a legislation to bring laws around discrimination because of hair. And I do think that while that's a slow, <laughs> slow burn on that, at least it's something. It legitimizes the experience of Black women. Right? I definitely feel like this legislation is something that will certainly validate that. Not that we ha- we're seeking validation, but in the times when we are constantly talking about what matters, <laughs> right. it certainly is a great act and a great step forward to do so. I signed the petition. I will certainly print out the letter and work with my daughter and we are going to mail it out to our local representative. This is about helping the next generation of women so that our daughters don't have to go through this same challenges. All right. So thanks so much for joining our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the Crown Act, you can go to thecrownact.com or see more in our description. Until the next time, thank you.